Hello, welcome to the Spirit of Praise broadcast coming to you from Tabernacle of Praise Church International, York, South Carolina. I'm Bishop Alfred Jackson. I'm thankful that you've tuned in today. I pray that the message uh, will bless you and impact your life in a powerful way. Again, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the message. In the book of 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, how great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are the children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. Chapter 4, verses 9 and 10, and it reads, This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only Son into the world that we might live through him. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I'm led to talk to you this morning from the thought, being secure in God's love. Being secure in God's love or being secure in the Father's love. I wrote Father's love at first, and then I went back this morning. I changed it to God's love. But uh, either one, we're talking about God the Father. I don't want us to be, uh, to mistake what we're saying. God our Heavenly Father, being secure in his love. Father, thank you for this opportunity to stand and proclaim your word. I pray for a fresh anointing of your spirit that I might speak and minister under your anointing. Give me clarity of thought, Lord God. Take me beyond the words that are written on this paper. Inspire me, Lord, to speak your word as you've spoken it to me, that your people might be blessed and that we may leave here feeling more secure, being more secure in your love. Thank you for loving us with an everlasting love. It's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray and we thank you. Amen. Amen. Being secure in God's love. Now, most of us in here today would say, yes, I'm very secure in God's love. Or if you're very secure, how do you help someone else who's not secure be secure in God's love? And let me say this, and I'll say it later on in the message. Talk is cheap. Yeah, talk is cheap. Yeah, yeah. So... Just take that for what it's worth. It's easy to say, I'm secure in God's love, but it's a different thing when time comes for you to be secure in God's love, that you demonstrate that you're secure in God's love. Amen? Yeah, when things are going well with you, you can always say, you can always give God praise. Yeah, you can always say, I'm secure in his love. But trouble comes in your life. Are you secure in his love? Amen? And that's the essence of the message today. If I don't preach anything else, you got the whole message. Amen? Yeah. We can talk about it all day long. We can say it all day long. But it comes a point that you, that reality, when the rubber hits the road or meets the road, that's the time you have to be secure in God's love. So what does it mean to be secure? 
Uh, technically, to be secure is to be free from danger or to be free from harm. Now, now notice uh, the title is being secure, not feeling secure, all right? There's a difference between feeling and being, amen. In school, we learned about different types of sermons. We learned about knowing sermons, uh, 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 being sermons. It's been a little while ago, seems like I forgot the third one. Uh, because knowing sermons deal with information, things you should know. Being sermons deal with how you should be. And that was a third type of sermon. And that thing has always stuck in my mind, especially when it comes to being. When it comes to being. Being. Somebody say being. And being and feeling are two different things. So technically, to be secure is to be free from danger. To be free from harm. The trick, though, is that no one is ever completely free from danger. Okay, no one is ever ever uh, completely free from the potential of being harmed. Think about it. All right, no one is ever ever completely free from danger or free from the potential of being harmed. Security, therefore, is ultimately a mindset. A mindset. Okay. It utterly depends on how you view the risk and the countermeasures in your life, all right? Now, that's the definition that I, that I found online. And as I thought about that, I added to this definition. Uh, uh, security, therefore, is, a ulti- is ultimately a mindset. It ultimately de- is dependent on how you view the risk and the countermeasures in your life in light of your relationship with God, in light of your relationship with God. So things are going to happen. We don't know for sure how things are going to turn out in our lives. But as believers, we look at everything in light of our relationship with God, okay? None of us ask for trouble, amen? We didn't just go out looking for trouble. But we know that in this life, trouble is going to come. Uh, yeah, but, but we face that in light of our relationship uh, with God. So now my relationship with God is key in this process of being secure, all right? And, 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 and so that says to me and it says to us that, that as I'm living my life, I need to make sure that I am in the right relationship with God. I don't just know about God, I know God personally. And we can know God personally because God reveals himself to us. God comes to live in us through the presence and power of his spirit so we can know him personally. Amen? Jesus told his disciples and says, if you've known, and says to us, if you've known me, you've known my father also. Because Jesus came to reveal God to us. And consequently then, for those people who don't like to read the Bible, all right, I want to tell you that you're not going to know God personally until you get into this word. I can tell you and talk about him all day long. But when you get into this word and begin to see, and there's another level of this, when you begin to discover, if you read the New Testament, look at the life of Jesus. And you begin to discover Jesus. And as he begins to reveal himself to you, as you are in this word yourself, and people who are in the word will agree with me, there was a time when you heard about Jesus. But as you got it, and you heard a lot of things about Jesus, 
you know, and those of us who are a little bit older, we grew up hearing the Lord will make a way somehow. And every preacher just about, they said the old preachers had to take you to the cross. So at the end of the sermon, if you went to church regularly, you went to the cross. And that was a that was a shouting time, you know. That was an emotional time. But then people would get out of out of worship and 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 they had this feeling, but there was not this knowledge that was lived out day by day that had been that they had been revealed to them as they studied scripture. So for people who don't like to read, you're missing some very valuable information about the Lord Jesus Christ and about God that will help you know him. Amen. So, being secure is coming to the point where you are real about the facts, about the fact that life is a perilous journey. Are you listening? Life is a perilous journey. You know, and if you read the Bible, you see it. You know, God does not keep things away from us, but it's in his word. Okay, so you read a man going from Jerusalem to Jericho and he fell among thieves. He was minding his own business. Have you ever been minding your own business and trouble came your way? You know, he was going from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves. All right, so the Lord doesn't hide this from us. You know, you look in the Old Testament, you see all of the examples of people who were serving the Lord faithfully and trouble came in their lives. So serving the Lord faithfully does not mean that trouble won't come in your life. It's going to come in your life, all right? So, so, so being secure means coming to the point where you're real about the fact that, that life is a perilous journey that, you, that you're on and that you do not know what is around the next corner. You just don't know. You don't know what's coming, all right? I don't know what's on the outside of this building. I'm looking at an open door and I see a few trees at the end of the parking lot, but I don't know what's on either side of this building because I can't see through walls. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? But I trust the one who does know. There is a God who sees what I don't see. There is a God who knows what I don't know. So I trust him. I trust him for his wisdom and his guidance. Amen. And even though I may fall into danger along the way, I still trust him in the midst of it because he promised me that he would never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I commit myself and if we're going to be secure in the Lord, we commit ourselves to the process, to, to the process of, 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 of growing, of, 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 of knowing, uh, of working out what it is to be secure in the Lord. And let me tell you, it's a process. It does, just doesn't happen overnight. Amen? When we were younger and we loved the Lord and we were on fire for the Lord, a lot of times we heard, we said what the older saints said. Amen. Amen. We prayed like the older saints prayed because we didn't have any experience. Amen. We had knowledge, but we didn't have any experience. All right. So it's a work. It's a process. So as I begin to, as I'm talking about this, and some of you have been through the process. Many of you have been through the process. But it's important to know that it is a process to be secure in the Lord. To be secure in the Father's love. And that's, that's key in this message today. I'm talking about security right now, but we're going to get into talking about the Father's love. Okay? Um, 
Now, now being secure is different from feeling secure. Okay? Sometimes we easily, we easily uh, translate our experience of security from, from feeling secure to being secure when in fact they are two different things, two entirely different things. Feeling secure is a fleeting sentiment guaranteeing us very little. We feel secure right now. All right? We feel secure in America because we have a good military. We have all of this technology. But let a bomb drop in downtown York right now. Where's your security? All of a sudden, our security has been shattered. <laughs> Is it possible that a bomb could drop in the United States of America? Yes, it's very possible. We feel secure when we, when, 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 uh, uh, when we are with our loved ones, you know, and people are hugging us and, and people are caring for us. And, you know, you might even feel secure when you're at home and, 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 and if your mother is still living, you know, uh, she, she cooks your favorite meal and you go in the house, she said, oh, you, you just feel so secure, so at home. Or your spouse cooks something very special for you. Your spouse tells you that you feel very secure. But that's fleeting. That passes by quickly. All right? Because once that feeling is gone, once something happens to disrupt or interrupt that feeling, you no longer feel secure. You leave mama's house. Mama dies. Daddy dies. Okay? Something happens to just... This, this disrupt this, this perfect setup of feeling secure. So feeling secure and being secure are two different things, two different things. And it's important that we get that because a lot of us feel secure until the disruption comes. God is saying, we need to learn to be secure, and not just be secure, but be secure in his love, in his love. Thank God for your husband. Thank God for your wife. Thank God for your children. Thank God for your friends who love you. But we need to be secure in the Father's love. Be secure in the Father's love. And, and there's nothing wrong with feeling secure, but you got to move beyond feeling, and you got to move to being. You got to move to being. For followers of Jesus Christ, it's not just enough for us to have the intellectual knowledge of being secure, all right? We know that our security must be in God and in the love that he has demonstrated to us through Christ, okay? We have to be secure in his love in order to walk through the trials and the tribulations of life. Is this making any sense to anybody? Yeah, yeah. You know, life is filled with twists and turns and ups and downs and ins and outs. All right? And all of those ins and outs are not just on a roller coaster, not, not, not like riding on a natural roller coaster. Because on a natural roller coaster, you're going to get off. The, the ride is going to last, hmm, is it five minutes? I don't know. I haven't been on a roller coaster in a long time. <laughs> but you know that that ride is going to come to an end. Sometimes in life, you don't know when the roller coaster ride is going to come to an end. Are you listening? Are you listening? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, 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 uh, we, we, in order for us to walk through the 
to walk through, to make it through, to live through all of the trials, the tribulations, the twists, the turns, and, and, and everything else that might happen on this perilous journey. We have to trust God and know that God is in control and that he has a plan for our lives that is good only and not evil. And that he loves us in such a way that he will never put on us more than we can bear. And that he is always with us, always with us in the midst of whatever comes in this life. You know, as I was writing this, and, and, and I just heard, you know, these are religious terms. This is, this is what the church talks about. This is what the church talks about. And it's true because this is what the scripture says. All right. And we have to talk about this because this is scripture. This helps build hope in people. But we need to know that this is not just what the church talks about. This is reality. This is reality. This is reality. To say that God loves me it's not just something that I'm talking about. It's something that I found out through experience so I know that God loves me and that God will always be with me. You know, <laughs> anyway, it's, it's just it's important that we know this because you know what? Satan is at work trying to drive us away from the love of God. Or even drive, to say it like this, I said it like that, but to drive us away from the Father and from the Father's love. That's what he's been doing from the beginning of time. One of the ways he does us is that he tempts us to question God's love. You can hear it. It can be preached to you. It can be witness to you, but Satan is going to do everything he can to tempt you and make you question God's love. He works through sickness. He works through affliction. He works through trouble. He works through any means he can or any means that he finds necessary to shoot the arrow of doubt into our minds that, and tell us God does not love us. That's what he did to Eve. He said, Eve, God is keeping something from you. God is not fair. In our minds, we say, why God? God, if you love me, why did you let this happen to me? If you love me, why are you allowing me to suffer so long? If you love me, why are you allowing me to go through this thing for so long? I hope I'm talking to somebody this morning. Y'all being very quiet. <laughs> Amen. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Why, 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 why do these things happen to cause my mind to be confused? Why? All of these why questions, the devil will shoot those arrows of doubt in our, to our minds, in our minds, to try to make us question God. And question God's love for us. So it's important that before things, well, I guess some of them not going to come before things happen. Listen to this, all right? Some of it's going to come in the midst of things happening. 
But you got to have a solid foundation when it comes to the love of God. Okay? The issue of being secure in God's love is, is very important in our walk with God, and it's the foundation of a solid faith in God. When you know beyond the shadow of a doubt that God loves you, your faith in God can be strong. If you are not secure in God's love, uh, in, in spite of whatever might happen in your life, in spite of whatever may be going through in any moment or period of time in your life, your faith will not be strong enough to take you through that situation. And you got to go through. You know, do you remember some time ago, uh, several years ago, uh, I, the Lord gave me a sermon, and in that sermon it talked about faith being our, being our mode of transportation to get us from where we are to where God wants us to be or to get us to the place where God, where we receive from God the things we need in our lives. So if your faith is not strong, it will not take you through. You, you got to get from, from point A to point B. And our mode of transportation in the spirit realm is through faith. Amen. So if, if, if I'm not secure in the fact that God loves me, then when things happen in my life, I will begin to question his faithfulness. I will begin to question his love. I will begin to question his authenticity even. So my faith is... Are you understanding? All right. This is not a condemning sermon. This is a helping sermon. God help us because we need to be secure in your love. David wrote, Yea, though I walk through the valley in the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. He was secure in God's love. I can walk through the valley. Danger is all around me. But I won't fear any evil. This man, this man, well, he's getting ready to do a conference, and he's going to talk about part of what he's going to talk about is fear. And he, in his advertisement, he says Jesus never tells us not to fear. He talks about fear, but he never tells us not to fear. And then immediately my mind went to the Lord didn't give me the spirit of fear. He gave me the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. So fear, the potential for fear to come in my life is very real. Very real. But the Lord has said in his word that he didn't give me the spirit of fear. So if God didn't give me the spirit of fear, where did it come from? And how do I counter fear? Okay. He, God gave me the spirit of power, the spirit of love, and the spirit of a sound mind. My sound mind tells me, as I am secure in the Father's love, that there is no reason to fear. My sound mind, because God loves me, and I can be secure in the Father's love. Jesus prayed in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. What Jesus was facing was very, very real and very trying. And he knew the death of what he was facing. But he said, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He was secure in the Father's love. 
When Stephen was, was, was facing uh, uh, those, those, the, 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 the Sanhedrin and all those people that, that were accusing him of blasphemy, and they were in the midst of them stoning Stephen. When they started stoning Stephen, Stephen, Stephen was dying, the Bible says, and he called, he was calling on God, and he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And then he said, Lord, do not charge them with this sin. He was secure in the Father's love. And we can see this in so many other examples in the Bible. And every time I think about this, and the older I get, and I've been reading this Bible for a long time, the more I realize how important it is to read this word over and over and over and over and over again. Because God gives us so many examples of why we can trust him. So many. And they become very real as you go through life. Okay? Now, now, now security in the Father's love is not something I can give you. Nobody can give you security in the Father's love. Nobody can. Security in the Father's love has to be developed. It has to be developed in you as you walk with God. It does. It's not going to happen any other way. As you walk with God, as you love, as you learn that he really does love you, and in your walk with him, you learn to love him. So it's not going to happen overnight. You're not going to get saved today and automatically be secure in the Father's love. You might think you are, but this is a process. This is a process that you work, work through. So how do we become secure in the Father's love? Uh, I, I, I don't know that I have all the answers. I just know what the Lord gave me, all right? That's all I'm giving you is what the Lord gave me. Okay, And I can give you some scriptures that speak to us about this very issue that will help us in the process. But John starts this off, chapter 3, and you know, this is a wonderful book about the love of God. And, and of course, most, most of us my age grew up on the King James, so you know, when I start quoting things before I look at the NIV, I'm going to always quote, quote from King James. Is that right, Elder Hoskin? We're going to quote from King James. <laughs> Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed unto us. All right. And the NIV says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God. Okay? All right. So, so, so John starts off this chapter by talking about the love of God and how God has lavished his love on us conferred on us the title children. We are his children. Now, some people say, well, everybody in the world are God's children. Well, everybody in the world belongs to God, but everybody in the world has not accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord and don't live as children of God. Some people live as children of the devil, Amen. Okay. All right. Well, to get to the issue of being secure in the Father's love, the question arose in my mind, what is the manner, and I'm, I was quoting from the King James, 
Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us. What is the manner of the love the Father has bestowed on us? Well, bestow means to confer, to confer or present an honor, a right, or a gift. Okay? So John is asking his reader, readers a rhetorical question. What is the type of love God has conferred on us? Okay? Definitely it's not one that we deserve. All right? We are born in sin. We're shaped in iniquity. We grow up without a nature to love God. But God has conferred on us an honor. God has conferred on us a gift. All right? God has conferred on us a right. Okay? The manner of love is manifested in that we are called children of God. Now, this might be something simple to you, but it's speaking of, we're dealing with us being, being secure in the Father's love. And I, and I thought about this, you know, as I was riding this morning, I, my youngest brother, you know, I was, he's much younger than me. So I'm like uh, 17 years older than my youngest brother. And I can remember, uh, you know, I had a real special relationship with him. And I can remember him jumping up in my lap. One time I, I had a kidney stone. Anybody ever had a kidney stone? You know, that's a very painful thing. Very painful. And, and I was sitting in the recliner and I was in so much pain because I didn't know what was going on. And, and, and he was about ready to jump up in my lap. And, and, and I stopped him and he, he kind of looked back you know, bewildered because I never stopped him from jumping in my lap. He felt confident in his big brother's love. And I thought about Yesuto and how he would, oh, if I was sitting in the recliner, reclining, he was a little boy, he would climb up in that recliner and lay in my arms because he felt confident in his daddy's love. He felt confident. I never rejected him. Never. Uh, he might get mad at me for telling this, but, but you know, when we was little, he would always get out of his bed and come get in the bed with us sometime over in the night. Uh, he would wake me up and he said, Dad, I got to go to the bathroom. I said, Boy, go to the bathroom. Don't wake me up. But it was something about... And so one day, several years ago, he woke up and, and went to the, used the bathroom before he realized he was, in, he was in the bed with me. And I said, and he said, oh, Dad, I'm sorry. I said, that's okay. And it, you know that went back to feeling secure in daddy's love when he was a little boy. He was a little boy. He always felt secure in his daddy's love. Always felt secure in his mama's love. Our children should feel secure in our love. They shouldn't feel rejection. They should not feel rejection. They should feel secure at any age coming to talk to daddy and mama about anything. How do you feel that secure? It starts with how the parents relate to the children. And if parents don't relate to the children correctly, then children get to the point, you know, automatically teenagers and young adults are going to want to go their own way. But if you've mistreated them along the way and they remember that mistreatment, that point, they kind of like shy away. Shy away. Amen. So this, this love is manifested as we are called the children of God. 
It's a position that's conferred on us because God loves us. Not one that you and I deserve. We don't deserve to be called children of God. All of us know our lives. All of us know our past. All of us, each one of you, each, I, I know what I've done in my life. That, that old song that says, I don't know why Jesus loves me. Are you understanding me? So you can't get to the point that you forget about that. Because that's part of your history. And that's part of helping you love the Lord and appreciate the Lord and appreciate his sacrifice on Calvary. Uh, let me go ahead and finish this up. Okay, so, so, so John uh, says that this is, this is conferred on us, this position, this right, this honor, this privilege to be called children of God is conferred on us by God. And we see his love through all that he did for us in Christ Jesus. Paul said in Romans chapter 5 verse 8, God demonstrated his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now Paul was speaking in, in, in first century Christianity. A lot of them were still living during the time that Jesus had lived and was crucified. Here we are 2,000 years later. Don't you know that God has already demonstrated his love towards you before you were born? God had already fixed it. God had already settled the case. He's already judged your sins on the cross of Calvary. But he, he's, John spends the rest of this chapter, he talks about some other things, but when you go on over into chapter 4, um, uh, verses Verses uh, 8 and 9, I believe it was we were reading, yeah. This, verses 9 and 10, this is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be an atoning sacrifice for our sins. All right, and you read these chapters and you hear about the love of God and what God expects out of us. But the important thing is how God loves us and how God has demonstrated and proven his love toward us. Don't you know that you deserve death for your sins? I deserve death for my sin, but God has already, through Jesus, paid the price and Jesus is the lamb slain from the foundation of the world. God did not wait until we got into a, a, a sinful predicament to fix this thing. That's why Paul says, shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. Yeah. Yeah. So, he has conferred a title on us that we're his children, a title that we don't deserve because of his love for us demonstrated through Jesus Christ. Second thing the Lord showed me and, and is that to be secure in the Father's love involves knowing and trusting that God through Jesus has taken care of those things that causes us insecurity. You ever think about that? Those things. What is the greatest fear of man? What? Wow. 
Yes. People fear dying. Why? Because we don't know what's on the other side. We don't know what it's like. But God, through Jesus, has already taken care of it. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We could possibly handle everything in life if we didn't have to deal with dying. If, if, if we never died, then we wouldn't be worried about anything. You wouldn't be worried about financial insecurity. Death. And that answer came from most of you all in this, in this place. People are afraid of dying. But God has taken care of it in Jesus and through Jesus Christ. God does not hide from us that death is a part of life. He doesn't. There's a point on the man wants to die and after death to judgment. Yeah, even though Methuselah lived 969 years and he went on to be with the Lord, he left this earth. Yeah, yeah. Death has been a dark and a murky enemy of man since probably the beginning of time. But 1 Corinthians chapter 15 uh, Turn there. I love this. This is a good preaching chapter. But it's a good, it's a better teaching chapter. Because people need to know this. People need to understand this. Chapter 15. All right. Yeah. And, and verse, verse number 54 well, let me, let, me, let me start at verse 50. I declare to you, brethren, that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. Listen, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, meaning that some of us are going to die, but we shall all be changed. When we say die, we're dealing with physical death for the believer, all right? The, the unbeliever will experience physical death and spiritual death. But for the believer, we shall all be changed in a, in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has taken, has been clothed with the imperishable and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where death is your sting, where grave is your victory? Uh, the, the NIV says, where, O oh, death, is your victory? Where, O oh, death, is your sting? So what Jesus has done for the believer is he's taken the sting out of death and he's taken the victory from the grave. The grave doesn't keep this body. We go to be with the Lord. Amen. Death is a transition because we understand that flesh and blood can't inherit eternal life. So what am I fearful of? What am I fearful of? 
Christ has fixed it. Christ has fixed it. Yeah. The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. You know what Jesus told his disciples? He says, I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, there ye may be also. So when we come to terms with this and I walk with the Lord, you know, when, when people are young, and I, I've had this conversation with my son, you know, when he was younger and some close relatives started dying, I had to have a talk with him because he was getting our word. I said, son, this is a part of life. It's part of life. When I was in college, I used to think about all of these things. You know, that, I, I was, you know, away from home and, you know, finding more out about myself, experiencing things, you know, struggling in my relationship with the Lord. But I would walk and I'd think, walk and I think, you know, and one of these things I would think about was death. And the Lord would minister to me from this particular passage of scripture. It's a transition. It's nothing to fear. We're all going to pass this way. Jesus has fixed it because Christ died on the cross, was raised from the dead. He conquered death. He conquered hell. He conquered the grave. Believers need not fear any longer. We must be, we can be secure in the fact that God loves us enough to handle that for us before we have to face it. Amen. Hallelujah. If you're secure in the Father's love, you know that death is nothing to fear. Because God, the scripture talks talks about us being asleep in Jesus. Hallelujah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we know that because we're believers, our sins have already been judged at the cross. We're not like the unbelievers who, if they die in their sins, they face the great white throne judgment. Do you understand what I mean? If you don't understand... You need to be in our school of ministry class. Amen. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. So we don't even have to fear that. We grew up singing songs. People didn't really understand this because people weren't teaching it. And I used to love this old song, Oh, the debt I owe. I've got to pay the debt I owe. Jesus paid the debt I owe. He paid the debt. So when I die, there's no debt I've got to pay. Amen. We grew up singing that. And there's a whole generation of people who grew up with that mentality. I've got to run and get inside the gate just before the heaven doors close. Those old songs sound good. And folk will sing those songs and they will get emotionally charged on fire and they will jump and shout. I don't have to run and get inside the gate. Hallelujah, because I'm saved right now. Glory to God. I'm securing my salvation. Amen. I have the first fruit of eternal life right now. That's what I shout about. I'm not trying to get saved between the stirrup and the ground. I'm already saved. Glory to God. I'm already secure in the love of Jesus. Are you understanding what I'm talking about? You get your theology right, amen, it'll take away some of that fear and some of that bad theology that you've grown up with in the church. 
Hallelujah. Lastly, lastly, amen. To be secure in the Father's love, we must believe and live to see that love lavished on us. Hmm? King James in the NIV says, what great love the Father has lavished on us. He didn't just sprinkle it. Okay. But, 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 but adopting us into his family through faith in Jesus and calling us his children and all of the benefits of being a child of God, he has lavished his love on us. Don't you know we're heirs of God? We're joint heirs with Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So if I'm an heir of God, if I'm a joint heir with Jesus, uh, everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to me. But see, sometimes we don't live like that. Sometimes because we don't know the word, we don't even speak like that. Amen. But we got to start speaking like that. That he has lavished his love on me. I'm an heir. I'm one of his children. Glory to God. Amen. And everything the father has to give to me, he's going to give it because of my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. I am his child. But I've got to live. Are y'all listening to me? Young people, you need to pay attention, glory to God, amen, because one day when you, when you decide that you want to get right with the Lord, then you're going to have to start this process then. You need to start it now, amen. You need to be serious with the Lord now. You need to be focusing on the Lord now while you're young because it's going to help you when you get to be 30, 40, and 50 years old. You're being brought up in the church. You'll be sitting under the teaching of the word of the Lord. You have opportunity to study and learn theology and you take it for granted. Because you want to live your life the way you want to live it and you forsake God. But now is the time. Consider now your creator in the days of your youth while the evil days come not. Because the evil days are going to come. And you have the opportunity now. Somebody shout now. So now you've got to believe because you don't know it yet. And anybody, it doesn't have to be young in, in, in physical age or chronological age. It could be young in the Lord. You could be 60 and just got saved. You're young in the Lord. You've got to believe, listen closely, long enough believe and live long enough to see how that love is lavished on us. It's, and I said this earlier, it's one thing to read the Bible, okay, or to hear the sermon and to know this in your mind. It's totally another thing, are you listening now, to believe it long enough to see it worked out in your life. Okay, 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 hallelujah. Amen. I'm reminded of a study we did a long time ago that talked about experiencing God. Experiencing God. Experiencing God is much deeper than reading about God. Much deeper. Experiencing God is like going from theory to reality. You know, it's like you go to school to learn how to be a teacher. You may even have the gift of teaching, but you got to have the rudiments. You got to have all the ins and outs of learning. But you get the job and you go into the actual classroom to really know what it is to be a teacher. Because you got to get with those students. Amen. 
You got to put to practice what you've learned. You go to school to be a nurse. You learn all of the theory and you may even go into the lab and, and you, you know, you may even uh, do, do a practicum, but you got to get on the job to really know what it is to be a nurse. Whew. You go to Bible college, you go to seminary, not not to be a preacher, but, 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 but maybe to learn to be a pastor or to learn to be a spiritual counselor or what have you, all right? But you got to get the job of being a pastor, glory to the name of Jesus. You got to engage with the work, which includes engaging with the people. Remember what Moses said about God's people? God, Moses said, these are your people, God. These hard-headed people, these stubborn, these stiff-necked people. I reminded that time that young man went to church with me. You heard me tell this over and over again. Amen. He said, after service, he said, I want you to make me a pastor. He said, all of those people are watching you and they're looking up to you. I want to be a pastor. I said, son, first of all, I can't make you a pastor. But it's much more to this job than preaching on Sunday morning. Old lady said one time, she said, she said, God called a pastor to pastor sheep, but he found out he had some goats in the midst of them. Amen. So, so, so we read the Bible. We sit on the preaching. We sit on the teaching and we hear about God's love. But my brothers and sisters, to really be secure in God's love, you've got to live long enough and believe long enough so that you experience the love of God for yourself. And when you experience the love of God for yourself, then you can be secure. Does anybody understand what I'm talking about? In the love of God. Yes, living long enough, living long enough. That means you got to go through some things. If you're going to be secure in God's love, you have to go through some things in order to see the hand of God at work in your life and in your situation so that you know you can trust him. In your head, you know it, all right? In your heart, you might believe it, but you got to actually experience something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's a benefit in suffering. James says, count it all joy when you fall into divers' trials. When you fall into something, that means you didn't intend to go there. It wasn't your will. You were just walking down the road, minding your own business, and you didn't see that gully in front of you. You didn't see that enemy like the man walking from Jerusalem to Jericho. You didn't see the thieves lurking in the, in, 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 in the, in the bushes on the side of the road or lurking behind that cliff. You were minding your own business, going in the direction you needed to go on, and you fell. But God said, count it joy because the trial of your faith works patience. And when patience has had its complete work, your faith has to be tried. And when it's tried, when it's tested, and you endure the testing, it comes through. That's pure gold. Now I know I can trust God. You can hear me talk about it all day long, but you got to find out for yourself. I had to find out for myself are you understanding? I used to hear mama when she was going through things, walking the floor, cry, praying and crying. Glory to God. I didn't know what she was praying and crying about. Glory to God. When I lived long enough, then I understood 
She was crying out to her God. She believed God to take her through. She believed God to help her and my daddy take care of those 11 children. I had to go through it for myself so I could be secure in the Father's love. David said, Psalm 27, as he talked about the Lord being his light and his salvation, he said, whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? And you read on through that chapter. And then he says, and, and, and I have to quote the King James. I think, I don't know what the NIV is more accurate than the King James in this, but I, the King James speaks to me. He said, he said, I would have fainted. I would have lost heart, except I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Oh, you understand? David said, I was going through some difficult things. Don't you know David's own son turned against him? David's own son wanted to take his life. David said, I would have lost heart. I would have given up. I would have thrown in the towel, except I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And it doesn't stop right there. Glory to God, he went on to say, wait on the Lord. Hallelujah. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. We've got to wait on God. And God will strengthen our hearts. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. If I'm going to be secure in the Father's love, I've got to wait on him. I've got to go through. I've got to wait on him. I've got to go through. I've got to wait on him. I've got to go through. Hallelujah. And the Lord will strengthen my heart. Being secure in the Father's love. Hallelujah. It's not just talking. It's good to talk about it so you can know you need to be secure in his love. So you got to know you need to be secure. It's good to talk about what he's done for you. But the Lord's going to take you through. He's going to allow you to go through. Hallelujah. When he allows the devil to afflict your life, he said, I'll never leave you. I will never forsake you. Hallelujah, the devil can't afflict you unless the Lord allows it. You are a believer, glory to God. And the devil can't touch your body unless the Lord allows it. And if God allows it, he allowed it for a purpose. Now how are you dealing with it? Does anybody understand what I'm talking about in here today? Hallelujah. Wait on the Lord, hallelujah. Don't throw in the towel. Believe to see the goodness of the Lord. Glory to the name of Jesus in the land of the living, not in the land of the dead. <laughs> hallelujah. Not in the land of the dead. In the land of the living, can somebody shout hallelujah in this place? Being secure in the Father's love. He loves us. He loves us. We can rest in him. We can be secure. He's in control. He's got this. He's got your life. Whatever situation you're facing in your life, the Lord's got it. Hallelujah. And when you come through on the other side, now you got a testimony. Now you got a message. Hallelujah. You can tell somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to the name of Jesus. The Lord is faithful. 
Oh, my God. If God said it, God will bring it to pass. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He took our infirmities on the cross. He bore our sicknesses on the cross. Are you listening? Oh, my goodness. We got to learn to pray, God, you took it. Why am I? Why do I have to bear it? And if you allow me to go through it, there's a purpose. So, God, I surrender to your purpose. God, accomplish your purpose. I will wait on you until you accomplish your purpose because you're working something good in my life. Your thoughts for me are good only and not evil to give me a future and a hope. He's not just talking to the 16-year-olds. He's talking to the 40-year-olds. He's talking to the 50-year-olds. He's talking to the 80-year-olds. Whatever point you are in your life. Hallelujah. Being secure. In the Father's love. Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called the children of God. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you that when your word goes forth, it will not return to you void. It will accomplish all that you desire and you prosper your word in the things that you sent your word to. Thank you for sending your word to us today. Thank you for what your word will accomplish in our lives. Hallelujah. It's in the precious name of Jesus that we pray. Amen. Amen. If there's anybody this morning, <clears throat> whether you're in the sanctuary, whether you're listening to us online, and you need to cast your cares on the Lord. You see, sometimes when we are when we are when we are out there, sometimes when we're young, sometimes when we have our health and strength, we do things without considering the Lord. We need to consider the Lord. We need to consider Him. If you are an unbeliever this morning, you've got to know. That Jesus died for your sins. Jesus died for my sins. God loves you. He wants you to be secure in his love. Because time is going to come when you need that security. Why put it off? Why put it off? You pay attention to the messages that have been preached in this sanctuary, even over the past few months, unless you know that you need to be thinking seriously about your life. You know, some people say, well, think about dying and whether they're going to heaven or hell. But what about living? What about living the best life possible? Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Because God loves you. God wants you to give your life to him. God fixed it so that you could be called his child before you were born. It's a matter of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. The same love he's lavished on other believers He'll lavish that love on you. That you will be called his child specifically, not generally. 
Will you come to Jesus today? Let's stand. I want to pray for, for everybody that's, in, that's a non-believer, everybody that's lost, everybody that doesn't know Christ. If that's you, repeat this prayer. Pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner. I cannot save myself. I thank you, Lord, that you gave your life on the cross to pay the price that I owed for my sin. Your word says that the soul that sins shall surely die. I've sinned. But thank you, Lord, that you paid the price. You died in my place. Thank you. Lord Jesus, come into my life. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. Save me. I receive you today as my Savior and as my Lord. I yield my life to you. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for receiving me as your child. Amen. I pray that you've been blessed by the message. And if you have, write to us. Let us know how this message has impacted your life. Or if you've made a decision for Christ today to follow Jesus as your Savior and your Lord, write to us and let us know that as well and give us your information so that we can follow up with you. You may write to us at Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. That's Tabernacle of Praise at msn.com. Give us your email address or a way to contact you so that we can follow up with you. Also, we would like for you to sow into this ministry. If you've been blessed by this work, by the preaching of the gospel and the teaching of the gospel, and you would like to help further this cause, we're not just preaching here in the United States. We are preaching around the world. Through this podcast, our messages are being heard in many places around the world. We are actively working in eight countries in the world on the ground in Liberia, Malawi, Burkina Faso, Ghana, Guinea, uh, Kenya, and Dominican Republic. So if you'd like to help us in this work, feel free to sow a seed to help further the preaching and teaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ and the expanding of the kingdom of God. If you would like to give, go to topraise.org forward slash give. Again, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Continue to pray with us and for us as we continue to spread this gospel of Jesus Christ around the world. God bless you.